there, I'm interior stylist Lauren Keenan and welcome to At Home with Lauren Keenan. Today's podcast is presented by leading Sydney real estate agent, Erkin Urson, who you can trust to connect you with a property that's right for your family and your lifestyle. Hey Scotty, how are you going today? Yes, very well, thank you. And it's great to be back for another episode. Of course, our show is for lots of people, homeowners, DIYers, renovators, creators, designers, retailers, and pretty much anyone that loves Everyone. a beautiful tick, home. Tick, tick, tick. <laughs> and look, while coronavirus has changed a few things, we're helping you all to adapt to new ways of living and making the most of your spaces at home. And this episode is chock-a-block full of amazing advice, isn't it? Yes, if you're working from home, we've got you covered. We sure do. Thousands of Aussies have been shut out of their offices and they're now emailing and writing reports and Zooming with the best of them from the dining table, the kitchen island or the kids' desk. So I'm going to take you through some of my top tips for designing your functional home office or workspace with an eye to design to make sure it looks great too. That's important. Plus, we've got expert tips on how to avoid some working from home injuries that are becoming way too common during the pandemic. Look, I did have someone who was uh, who set up a standing desk on the ironing board, just couldn't get it quite high. <laughs> Um, I don't want to come across as ridiculing that person either because, you know, as we've all discovered through this period, like necessity is the mother of invention. Chris Morton is a physio and he's going to take us through the key things you need to do to set up for success in your home office. And we've got Lauren's lovely list coming up with recommendations for your home and some of the stuff that you're loving right now. So we'll come to that shortly on At Home with Lauren Keenan, your authority on home, lifestyle and interior design. So how are you going? I'm going well. I'm busy. I think it's good to keep busy. It is. I'm feeling a little bit better about things at the moment. I think that's probably based a bit on where we're located. We are in Sydney and and we are doing well here in New South Wales, but things do seem to be improving generally across Australia. Yeah, Victoria seems to be coming out of their lockdown. Their case numbers are going down, which I think is giving everyone a bit more confidence. There's talk about borders opening up, which means people who've got family interstate can travel a little more soon and it's good for business as well. Yeah, look, I've noticed a lot of the shops are really busy when I've been out and about for clients and that's really encouraging to see that People are still spending and they're helping support the economy. And how about getting stock for, you know, homewares and furniture and stuff like that? Is it still proving challenging? That is another story entirely. Um, It is proving challenging. My clients have been really amazing. They've understood that there are delays with a lot of brands, like places have shut here for deep cleaning. Things like that happen overseas too. So... When you're importing furniture, you know, do expect a couple of delays still at this point in time. Well, I guess we're all adapting to new ways of doing things and shopping is is another one of those things where we all have to probably be a little bit more patient than we were in the past. It's retail therapy. You can't go wrong, really. <laughs> so it's good to have your company today. Thanks for listening. And thanks for all the messages that you've been sending through the contact page at laurenkeenan.com.au. We love hearing from you and getting your feedback on the show. Lauren, Jennifer from Cronulla has been in touch and she says that she's been listening listening to the show during her run on the weekend. Oh, firstly, good on Jennifer for going for a run on the weekend. (laughs) Mostly I'm at the cafe or having a bit of a sleep in if I can, but good on you and I hope she's been enjoying it. And of course, we drop new episodes at 8am on Saturday mornings every week or two to get you inspired around the home and to give you something fun and interesting to listen to on the weekend. Another quick way that you can support us if you listen on the Apple Podcasts app is to give the show a five-star rating and leave a review. More reviews equals more reach and it's Apple's way of helping other like-minded people to find the show. I really do love creating this show for you, but as many of you know, my main gig is as an interior stylist, helping people all over Australia to create homes that they love. 
And if you need help updating your home or choosing the right furniture to make your home feel more you, then just go to the contact page on my website and let's talk about how I can help you. Now a quick announcement, we're very excited to let you know that the presenting partner for the next four episodes is leading real estate agent Erkan Urson, and he's here with us now. Erkan, welcome to the show and thanks for your support. Thanks, Lawrence. God, I really appreciate your time. We've known you and the team at Ray White, Erskineville and Surrey Hills for a while now, and we really appreciate your approach to helping buyers and sellers. Yeah, tell us a bit about your background, Irk, and how you came to get into real estate. Yeah, I started real estate about uh, 15 years ago. My parents, they came to Australia as immigrants back in the 60s and 70s. They had very little resources. Uh, my dad kept telling the story that he came with $5 in his pocket and he started working uh, for Sydney Water, which was the water board back then. He did really well for himself um, through buying property. And that sort of showed me that property was a great way for anyone to be able to set themselves up for future growth. I always thought real estate was about property, but I very quickly realized that it wasn't about property at all. It was about people finding a seller and then helping them find the right buyer for their home. Once I realized it was all about the people and the psychology of helping someone find their dream home, it all became easy. And that's when my business really excelled. There's nothing that really gets me more of a high than when someone chooses me as their real estate agent, but then finding that perfect buyer for their property and marrying the two together. Fantastic, mate. We love your passion. We do. Look, thanks, Erkan. We're really looking forward to chatting with you next week to get an update on the property market and your tips for things buyers and sellers need to do in the post-COVID real estate market. So looking forward to that chat too. Thanks, Lawrence. God, I really appreciate your time. Okay, time to get the notes app out or maybe just an old school pen and paper because <laughs> we're doing Lauren's lovely list, the three things that you're loving right now. I love this segment. I like imparting my knowledge of what I've come across. My first item on the lovely list this week is a great Aussie online store called Ginger Finch. So I am always on the lookout for different homewares and I have to admit sometimes I do get to feeling like I've seen things before. Yeah, you must be looking for lots of different products all the time. There'd be a bit of repetition in the market, right? There is, but Ginger Finch has some really stunning and very different pieces and they've got a really cool brand ethos which sat really well with me and that's permanent pieces consciously created. Buying once and buying well and enjoying it for a long time and I think that's a really cool way to look at things. Definitely. Okay, that's Ginger Finch and we'll post um, links to each of these recommendations on our website and in the show notes in your podcast app. What's the second one, Lauren? Well, the second thing is that there's been a bit of a resurgence of late. I've had a few clients requesting wallpaper for their spaces. A renaissance, if yes, you will. Yes, yes. Uh, and it's been lots of fun seeing some of the amazing designs that are available these days. One of my favorite companies is called Natty and Polly and they've got over 9,000 designs. Wow. I haven't made my way through all 9,000 just yet, but they are gorgeous, the ones I've seen. Really different things from florals through to geometric, just really a great way to jazz up a room. Do you like that term, jazz up? It's kind of old-fashioned, but I like it. You know, instead of doing a paint colour, maybe you do a wallpaper in one room or even on one wall. Yeah, it went out of favour for a little while, but they're definitely getting more creative with the types of wallpaper and the designs in, in the wallpaper, which is really exciting. Yeah, so if you're looking to um, put some wallpaper in one of your spaces, definitely check out Natty and Polly. And your third recommendation this week on the lovely list. Yeah, well, this one's an Instagram account that I'm following and really loving at the moment, and it's Lauren Freestone. And Lauren is a contemporary Indigenous artist. Wow, okay. And her work is so intricate and the colour palettes are so beautiful. Just You have to get on there and check it out. I would love to own a piece of her art one day. 
Yeah, well, Aboriginal culture is obviously so important to our country. We probably don't talk about it enough. There's been a lot said about it lately, and hopefully that continues. And hopefully, uh, you know, artists like Lauren continue to get more exposure and continue to do well to showcase their Aboriginal culture and heritage. Yeah, it's beautiful stuff. All right, awesome. That's the lovely list. I think it's worth mentioning really quickly that Hold Cottage that you mentioned in the uh, last episode in the lovely list is going to be featured in the November edition of Country Style Magazine, so check that out. I love that magazine. I am a subscriber. I'm very excited to hear that Hold Cottage is getting a little feature in there. Great work. And if you'd like to sign up for Lauren's lovely list, you can do it at laurenkeenan.com.au. Don't worry, there's no spam, just lots of (laughs) lovely things that inspire me and my work as an interior stylist. So today's show is about setting up for success at home, which is more important than ever right now with so many people working from home. And we've got some practical tips coming up to help you avoid injuries when you're working from home. But first, let's get into Lauren's tips for home office heaven. Well, look, it's really important to have a workspace at home that you like being in, especially during a pandemic, because I just think you're going to be a lot more productive and feel good about what you're doing if you're enjoying your space, right? Yeah, I think that's right. And we've made some adjustments in our workspaces so that we feel comfortable and so that it looks great and we enjoy it. It is important. It is. When we first started working from home, it occurred to me that there were both physical and mental barriers to setting up your workspace for success at home. And I thought it might be useful to run through a couple of those. Um, So mental barriers, I think we can all relate to this, is there's a temptation to do other things when you're working from home. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So it might be cleaning, it could be watching TV, it could be FaceTiming your family and friends, which I tend to do quite a bit. Um, In Victoria, you might be homeschooling. Well, you just might actually be one of those people who likes being in the office, so it's a mental barrier to work from home. Yes. And then moving on to the physical barriers, and I'm sure we can all relate to these, uh, you could be sharing the space with your partner. Kids. Kids, flatmates. So you really need to work out a schedule for who's working where and when. Or maybe you just don't even have a designated workspace at home that's set up for you to work productively. Yeah, and a lot of people will be in that category for sure. And I think that when you begin to accept that your working environment or even your working hours are going to look quite a bit different to pre-pandemic, you're going to feel less pressure and hopefully more productive. And I think a lot of people will be coming to that stage of acceptance now because when this first started happening, we all thought it might be a few weeks or a few months. And I think now we're all coming to accept that it probably is a longer term proposition. And so being set up for success at home is something that needs to be at the front of our mind. And if you've been putting that off for a little while, these are some of the tips that Lauren's got, which you know you can probably start to implement now. And look, a workspace can really come in all shapes and sizes. So some people are lucky enough to have a dedicated spare room room that they convert into can convert into a home office and others have just got you know a study nook off the kitchen or the hallway and an office is a great addition to your home but the design needs to be approached carefully to make sure that it functions efficiently and doesn't become a dumping ground like so many spare rooms yeah absolutely my office is a bit of a dumping ground at the moment for my clients homewares yeah, it gets <laughs> it seems to be piling here. up it's like a massive pile at the moment so lauren what are the things then that you should be thinking about when you're designing a study? Well, before you start designing your study, you really need to think about what's the main use for this space? Is it for you to work from home, like nine to five? Is it for your kids and their homework? Is it just for life admin, maybe some emails and some online shopping every now and then? And that's going to help you create a really comprehensive list of the things that are important to you in your home office. So remembering things like technology and hardware, storage is really important. 
the type of seating and just the desktop size, the size of the workspace, all really important considerations. And if budget allows, custom cabinetry is a great option for home office design. Uh, I've had quite a few clients doing that this year and it, it really just means that you can have something specifically made for your space that's going to function exactly as you need it to. And that's pretty important if you're running a business from home, I suppose, but it's nice as well if you're using it for those other purposes you were talking about earlier. That's right. As we were saying before, there there are a few delays on some furniture products at the moment, but home office furniture is actually not too bad at the moment. There's a, a steady stream of office chairs and desks and things like that available, so people shouldn't be too worried about making a start on, on getting their office space set up correctly. That's something you could pick up reasonably quickly. If you wanted to get some cabinetry made, how long would that take ordinarily, do you think, from sort of concept? and design through to installation? Look, it can take anywhere from about four weeks up to about nine weeks, depending on who you're working with and how busy they are, and also the complexity of the design that you want to go with. Um, There is quite a lot of work involved and and you will pay that little bit extra for the craftsmanship, but it's, I think it's well worth the cost if you can afford it. That's working out what your space is going to be used for and the things that you need in it to make it function properly. What about how you make it look nice and feel nice. Are there other things that you can kind of add into the mix in a study? Well, look, I always think with your home office, you don't literally want it to look like your office, office home. from home. <laughs> you, you do want to make sure that the design is in keeping with the look and feel of the rest of your home. So it's a good idea to include some you know, soft furnishings. It could be a nice occasional chair in the corner, um, some cushions, I like to bring in an artwork if the space allows, and these can all be based on your preferred design style. So it could be Hamptons or Scandinavian, modern country, one of my favourites at the moment. And think about as well including plants. I know I talk about this a lot. We even talked about it on the last episode, but they're really great for purifying the air and they make you feel good. And there's look a few other little things that you can do that really will make a big difference. So get yourself a nice mouse pad. Don't go for, you know, some promotional thing that some company gave you five years ago. Um, Find some nice desk accessories and a water jug. Make it a spot that you're proud of and that you like to work in. Yeah, and little things don't cost a lot, right? They don't. There's some great places where you can buy affordable uh, desk accessories, places like Kmart, Etsy. There's a great online shop called Milligram, which is really good as well. And are there any other sort of cost-effective ways to make your space look nice and, and enjoyable to be in? Well, I think it's actually really easy to work with what you've got. So if you do have a favorite artwork or a few home decor pieces that maybe you've got in another room in the house, why not relocate them to the office um, where you're perhaps going to be working more and more and enjoy them in that space for a little while instead? Sort of like an artwork or a vase or something like that? Artwork, vase, uh, maybe pop a couple of photo frames in there, things like that, just to give it a little bit more personality and, you know, to create a welcoming space where you can be really productive and get through your to-do list. And my other big tip is remember that natural light is free. And if there's some way that you can set up your workspace near a window, then that tends to uh, keep you feeling a bit sharper and a bit more inspired. And uh, also helps you look good on the Zoom calls. It does. I discovered that quite quickly. <laughs> Relocate to the dining room when I have to do a video call. <laughs> yeah, I've seen so many colleagues sitting in um, you know, some dungeon-like environments <laughs> and people who are able to sit in some more nicely lit environments. It, it just does make you look better. Hey, there's always filters if all else fails. That's right. <laughs> and then at the end of the workday, I like to transition into my relaxation time 
and I'll often light a nice candle just to mark the end of my working day. Um, it's a really great way to promote um, some sort of rest and relaxation before you move into your next work from home day the next day. Um, so some of the scents and home fragrances um, can be really powerful in changing our mood. And my favorites are from Acquia, Posy, and PF Candle Co. I think it's a really great tip, especially when some of the spaces that we're working in are also spaces that we're living in. Maybe it's a candle, maybe it's taking the dog for a walk or just doing something to clear your mind for up to 10 minutes. Uh, have a stretch, do something that, that breaks the feeling that you have when you're seated in front of the computer to interacting with your family and watching telly at night. So that's some of the key design principles and tips to keep in mind when you're designing your workspace at home. But our workspaces need to be functional too. So let's bring in Chris Morton. He's a physiotherapist and the clinical services manager at health services business, Ethos Health. Yeah, they're based in Newcastle here in New South Wales. And Chris has got a Bachelor of Science from University of New South Wales and a Master's of Physiotherapy from the University of Queensland. So he really knows his stuff. And he also lectures at the University of Newcastle. And Chris has been leading the response to coronavirus at Ethos Health, and he's here to help you set up for success and safe working from home without those injuries and aches and pains. Chris, thanks for joining us. Firstly, for our listeners, where are you working from right now and are you practicing proper posture? Lauren, thank you so much for having me. Um, really excited to be on here. So to answer your question, I'm working from, uh, from the office in Newcastle West. And I'd like to consider that as a physio, I am practicing good posture. So try to walk the talk. <laughs> of course. And so as a health professional, how's it been working with your clients during all the restrictions that we've had to operate under to help reduce the risk of COVID? Has it been difficult or have you sort of been able to go on as normal in some circumstances? There have certainly been elements of difficulty. Uh, I think like any business staying afloat and continuing to trade through this period has been all about finding ways to still satisfy your clients. It's forced us to do a lot of innovation um, around the way we deliver our services and even, you know, the types of services that we deliver. So I guess with that, you know, the challenge has come a lot of opportunity to improve what we do. And when we first went into lockdown, I know that, you know, one of the biggest problems was people being able to buy all the right equipment to set up properly at home. And we wanted to sort of dig in with you a little bit today about working from home and, and you know, how to set up properly. And Our local office works was bananas yeah, for I, most of March and April. I know. And being able to get things like webcams and, and all that it's technology impossible. stuff was totally impossible. But what about from a practical perspective, the things that, that you need to set up a, a home desk in a, in a sort of a safe and healthy way? I mean, a lot of people don't have a, a, an office or a study and a, and a space set up. So they were, I guess, starting from scratch. What were people buying and what were the things that people needed to be able to work at home effectively? Yeah, absolutely right. It was um, a lot of equipment sold out. And I think not just because everyone was working from home, um, but all of a sudden, most of the country's population of school students were all learning from home as well. And so there was that double whammy of uh, needing to fit out a whole bunch of home offices for, for workers, but also for the kids. As far as you know, what's needed in that home environment, a separate monitor goes a long way. A good chair goes a long way. Um, if you're using a laptop, a separate keyboard and mouse goes a long way. I think beyond that, uh, if you're spending a lot of time on the phone, obviously a, a headset or a hands-free option goes a long way. People don't necessarily need to to go completely overboard and you know, refit their entire house. And people can find some ingenious solutions using common things, common items around the house, you know, and manage to set up a, a safe, comfortable workstation that works for them. 
We'll talk a little bit about that a little bit later. I know Lauren currently has, as we're doing this chat, has uh, her I've laptop got, stacked up on I've got Gordon Ramsay, a couple of Jamie Olivers. Um, cookbooks. Could be a Nigella under there, but yeah, cookbooks. So that the laptop's <laughs> at nice at, at, at no, high no. level. Are there things that people can do to adapt some of the stuff that they have and not necessarily have to go out and buy a whole bunch of things? Absolutely. And I think people need to have a good chair. You can't make a bar stool into a comfortable chair that you're going to be comfortable to sit in for eight or nine hours a day. It's just not possible. So I guess the key pieces that people need to have, they've got to have a good chair. They've got to have a screen that's of an adequate height. Almost everyone who's working from home now has had previous experience working from home, but it's typically been a pretty ad hoc nature. It's been catching up you know, on some emails after hours or doing a few extra hours for a deadline on the weekend or perhaps, you know, doing a couple of days from home when the kids are sick. But they're all very sort of short-term scenarios. If you're going to be doing your, your 40 hours a week from home, got to invest in a good chair, got to invest in an adequately sized screen and a separate keyboard and mouse. You know, cookbooks are a great example. Um, it's a whole a whole lot of old uni textbooks that have been dusted off. Um, for the same <laughs> Probably purpose. never been opened, really, for most exactly, of us. Exactly right. Um <laughs> to fix up those, you know, those other issues. Because at the end of the day, a lot of the time, particularly if there are a couple of people working from home, we don't all have two spare bedrooms. Um, if you've got two people and possibly some kids all working from home, you might be lucky enough to have, you know, one area that you can dedicate as a study. Realistically, there's only so much floor space. Someone's going to have to end up working from the dining table and you've just yeah. got to make it as good as you can. Well, we've been working on a bit of a timetable here. So we do have a dedicated office at home and obviously a dining table. So depending on what work someone's got on on that day, either myself or Scott will work on the big desktop computer in, in the office and the other one will work on the laptop and then we'll we'll switch either daily or, or depending on what's going on. And it's, it's worked pretty well for us. Yeah, it has. Chris, what do you think about this idea of, of adapting and changing? change. And one of the things we've been talking about on the show this year is this idea of adapting to new ways of living and working at home. And I think when this first all kicked off earlier in 2020, maybe we were thinking we might have to have a couple of weeks working at home or a few days here and there. But as things have evolved and changed, we're seeing a shift to more permanent working at home. Do you think that people need to be more open to that change and shifting their mindset to the idea of, well, I'm here permanently now, uh, at least for the foreseeable future, and I, I need to put some effort and perhaps even some money into investing to be set up properly at home? Yeah, I think that's entirely reasonable point of view to have looking around the world, but even in Australia, um, you know, people are going to be working from home until the end of the year in some capacity, at least if you're going to be spending a significant number of hours at home, it makes sense to get things set up as well as you practicably can to make sure that you're comfortable, but also that, you know, that you're happy and productive in your space. If you're working in an environment that's not conducive to, you know, your own comfort and something that you're, you don't find a nice place to be, you're less likely to be as productive as you otherwise might. Definitely. So one thing I'm interested in, you must get to see a lot of different people and lots of different lines of work who've all had to change how they're working. What's some of the weirdest or worst injuries you've seen from people just not being set up properly at home for work? Look, I did have someone who was uh, who set up a standing desk on on the ironing board, just couldn't get it quite <laughs> high enough. Um, 
but I, I don't want to I don't want to come across as ridiculing that person either because you know as we've all discovered through this period like necessity is the mother of invention you know we saw we an only- board in use on on the project on channel 10 um, basically working out of two studios and the um, remote studio had the guests have a desk um, they didn't have a desk yeah. or it was too low so they'd set up an ironing board on top of that so that they could read their menus <laughs> off the top of that yeah exactly so very multifunctional yeah, exactly right. As I said, but before, you've got to add, you've got to things. assess risk too, right? That's right. You know, as a short-term solution, as I alluded to before, you know, may, maybe the ironing board's okay for a couple of days, but if you're going to be committing a significant number of hours, uh, it makes sense to invest in something that is a bit more fit for purpose, I suppose. To go back, Lauren, to your earlier question, the main issues that people are presenting with are lots of back, neck shoulder pain, just as a consequence of being at a workstation that's perhaps not ideal. And particularly, I think the lack of uh, or the difficulty in obtaining phone headsets as well. Lots of people sort of cradling a phone between their ear and their shoulder, that sort of stuff. That tends not to end well when people are doing that for an extended period of time. And we've all got sort of personal responsibility in relation to how we sort of set up ourselves at home. And we'll get into in a minute, you know, some specific recommendations that you've got for how you can do that safely. And what about employers? What is the the legal obligation of the employer to make sure that they've got us set up properly as employees working at home? Employers do have a legal obligation to provide a safe workplace. And that obligation extends to scenarios where people are requested to work from home or or their request to work from home is approved by the employer. I guess the key part in a lot of the legislation around workplace health and safety is that employers are obliged to do what's considered reasonably practicable in the circumstances. What so does that really, mean? <laughs> yeah, it's a wiggle room basically. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, there's a bit of wiggle room there. Look, reasonably practical is a broad term because it takes into consideration, you know, issues relating to cost and availability of equipment and so on and so forth. It's ultimately a shared responsibility. It's a matter of um, employees being open and upfront about any challenges that they're having, um, but then employers doing their bit as well and providing, you know, knowledge, skills or resources um, to the employee to make sure that they can be safe and comfortable at home. Look, a lot of people are, are working from home, certainly, you know, working from home at a duration that they're completely unaccustomed to. So it's expected that there are going to be some teething problems. Everyone's figuring it out as they go, just as we're all getting used to working from home. Employers are, are getting used to their new normal of having a whole bunch of people working from home and and having to be responsible. More from Chris in a sec. But first, it's springtime, and that's traditionally the most popular time to buy and sell property. And while COVID-19 has changed so many things, confidence is returning to the property market, especially here in Sydney. So who do you trust to help you sell or find the right home for you? Erkin Urson is a leading real estate agent in Sydney's inner west and inner city with an incredible track record of sales and record prices. We've had a fair bit to do with Erkin and his team, and their service sets them apart. They're friendly, great to deal with, and they care about connecting people with the right property. And what a time to do it. The sun's out, interest rates are low, and stock is coming back into the market. So what are you waiting for? Contact Erkin Urson from Ray White, Erskineville and Surrey Hills, who you can trust to connect you with the right property for your family and your lifestyle. Now let's get back into today's podcast with Chris Morton from Ethos Health. 
So we know that some people are starting to go back to the office now, but like we said, for a lot of people, this is going to be how they work for the foreseeable future. I thought we could have a little expert session here on some of the practicalities of of setting up for home um, with some practical tips of getting the workstation right. So I'll start us off uh, from a design perspective. Clutter is a really big one for me. So I really think that if you have a clear space where everything has its its place, then you have a clear mind as well. And that'll help you do your job better. It'll help you from tripping over things or knocking things over as you reach for things that you need to do your job. So for me, I think clutter is my number one thing that I look for. I like a clear desk. Disorganization is the enemy. Yes. <laughs> what about you? What um, What should we be thinking about when it comes to, say, sitting posture? Look, the chair is super duper important. It's making sure when you're sitting, firstly, that you've got a chair that offers an adequate back support and feels comfortable for you. And secondly, the thing that a lot of people struggle with is getting the chair to the right height. So that's making sure that whether you're in sitting or standing, when you're sitting comfortably or standing comfortably at your desk, that your forearms are flat in the desk, your wrists and elbows are basically the same height if viewed from side on. And that's a real limitation of not so much working at the dining table with the problem being a dining table, but sitting on a dining chair that's not height adjustable. So a height adjustable chair, that's pretty important. Otherwise, you're just relying on a bit of luck that your dining chair and your dining table and your own stature line up perfectly. I work with a lot of clients who like to set up a home office or a little workstation or a study nook somewhere in their house. And there are a lot of chairs out there that purport to be office chairs. Quite often the back of it's tilted back too far. Um, No lumbar support. There's no lumbar support. It's not height adjustable. And it is quite hard sometimes to convince people that, yeah, that looks good, but that (laughs) might only be okay for a 10 minute quick session to answer a few emails. It's not a a work from home scenario, it's not going to do you any favours. Yeah, so I come across that quite a lot, the balance between aesthetics and what's actually good for you. Look, the key thing if you're going shopping for a chair is it needs you just need to find something that's got four-way adjustability. So that basically means that the seat cushion and the back cushion each can independently adjust for height and for tilt. Those chairs are not particularly expensive, but finding something that has that four-way adjustability gives you the best possible chance of matching it to your environment and your own physique. If you can't or or haven't been able to source one, would you recommend adapting the dining chair or the chair that you have? Would sitting on a cushion or providing some sort of lumbar support so that you sit up straight, are those the sorts of things that it was just for a week or so but you wanted to try to make some improvements in your seating arrangements, would you recommend that? Yeah, it's about those yeah those little incremental changes. You might have something that, for the sake of argument, 60% of the way to an ideal setup, and by making a few of those changes, you get it to 80%. That 20% could be the difference between feeling like you've got office workers' neck at the end of the week and, and feeling fine. The biggie after that is probably monitor height, and then you divide into one of two camps. If you've got a, a desktop computer um, or a separate monitor you shouldn't really be using your laptop screen um, have that down use your your separate monitor as your primary monitor for a lot of people who are working from home with a laptop it's really really important that they go and get just a separate keyboard and mouse 25 bucks for an office supplies store not expensive. I think that's a big one because it gives you flexibility in in your, you know, where you're sat and how, you know, how you position, you know, your hands and the keyboard and the mouse, doesn't it? 
Exactly right. And then getting the laptop screen up, if you don't have a separate monitor, getting the laptop screen up to around that same sort of height. So you can stack it on cookbooks, you can stack it on textbooks, you can buy angled laptop stands that tend to hold the the screen at about the right height. And what about, you know, when you're in the office, you might get up and have a chat with a colleague, you might go and make a cup of tea in the kitchen or pop out for a short walk around the block. It's obviously a really good idea to keep moving throughout the day. How often and what types of things should we be doing when we're working from home? There's not a set prescription on that because different people have different preferences and you know, capacity to do different things. Um, much easier to, uh, you know, to go for a walk around the block, you know, if you're not looking after a couple of small kids at home at the same time. But ideally, you know, we want people getting up from sitting every hour at least and making a little bit of an effort to move around, go for a walk while they're having lunch. Don't just move from one chair that you've been sitting in all to morning another, while working to, one. To, yeah, to a slightly different <laughs> chair five metres away for lunch. Get up, get moving. If you're having a meeting that isn't dependent on video, if it's just a phone meeting, then turn that into a bit of a walking meeting. You know, Go for a half-hour walk, cover a couple of blocks. That's a good um, idea. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, someone's lunchtime gym routine, if they can still uh, facilitate that at home, you know, and it works around the same times, then fantastic. If it needs to be a before work or an after work thing, just because of the, the home setting, then that's fine too. And I think that's something that employees and employers, you know, we're all discovering this together through the process. Work schedules perhaps aren't as rigid uh, as they used to be. Um, and there's that growing acceptance um, for a lot of organisations and a lot of industries that, you know, it's less important about when the work gets done. And what continues to be important is just that the work gets done. Yeah, we're seeing a lot more flexibility, um, I think, with bosses and managers. And I work for myself. So I have to remind myself that it's okay to uh, switch my routine around as well uh, throughout the day. Before you go, can you tell us a bit about ErgoCheck and how it can help our listeners make sure that they're set up properly at home or even if they're working from home and partially working from the office from time to time as well? Sure. So that was a product that we developed um, in pretty quick time uh, with the onset of yeah. COVID and, um, and the quick transition to working from home. A lot of organisations, their approach to managing their risk and supporting their employees um, was really to send their employees home with a an ergonomic checklist. What it doesn't tend to do is um, it doesn't solve problems. It helps people identify problems. So we developed an online tool uh, that takes employees through the process of setting up their desk in a really interactive manner. So whenever they identify a problem as we work through the process, they then hit a series or a sequence of solutions that they would trial, experiment with one by one. Not only does it pick up all the problems, but by the time people get to the end of that 10-minute process or so, there are very, very few sort of outstanding matters remaining. Yeah, good stuff. Well, we'll include the link to ErgoCheck on our website and in the uh, the show notes for this podcast so that anyone that's interested can check it out and also the link to Ethos Health. Maybe it's your business and you've got some employees that need some help getting set up properly to work from home now. Chris and the team at, at Ethos Health will be able to help you out. Fantastic. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no thanks for your amazing advice today. I'm going to be really taking notice of my posture this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, some good tips. It is important. So we really do appreciate your time and your expertise, mate. Thanks so much, Chris. All right, Lauren, you're going to like this. After we spoke with Chris a little while back, he sent me a message afterwards saying, 
that he's had a confirmed sighting of somebody working from home on the back deck with a desktop riser on top of their barbecue. (laughs) I guess you could cook the sausage sizzle at lunchtime, couldn't you? (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty creative. I don't know how it hasn't come down like a house of cards. Apparently they've been doing it for around six months without any issue. I find that hard to believe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, me too, especially through winter. When I read that, I was like, come on, Chris, are you serious? I mean, I just have to sit wrong on the chair and I've got a sore neck, so... (laughs) Look, Chris does know what he's talking about, and if you'd like to find out more about Ethos Health and the services that they provide, just check out their website, ethoshealth.com.au, and our thanks again to Chris and Trent at the team at Ethos Health. So I've had a few DMs coming through on the Instagram this week. Oh, yeah, people sliding in, huh? <laughs> not quite. Um, <laughs> but one of the themes that is coming through is whether or not now is a good time to buy and sell property or whether or not you should wait it out until things are more certain. What it, well, what's your take? People seem to be knowing what to expect now and knowing how open houses work and how all those practical things can take place throughout the course of a sale. Yeah, and I think there's some confidence coming back to the market. On the flip side, we also reckon that what matters most when you're buying is how much you can borrow safely, how much you're prepared to pay for a property, and then whether you can find a property that you like in your budget. And then if you can tick all of those boxes, then the time might be right. Might be right, yeah. And look, as we always say, make sure to get some good financial advice from your account your financial planner or whoever you get your financial advice from before making any decisions like these. It has been an uncertain time, but things are looking more positive. So I've invited Irk and Urson onto the show for a market update to give us some tips if you're looking to buy or sell this spring. So that's in the next episode of the podcast. It's dropping next weekend, so just seven days away. And if there's something that you want us to talk about or a guest that you reckon we should have on the show, just hit Lauren up on the socials or send us a message on the contact page of the website. Now, don't forget, if you like this show, then please subscribe in your favourite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And this week, why not go old school and send a link to the show to someone you think might be interested? You'll go straight to the front of the class. And you can also stream our whole back catalogue at any time at laurenkeenan.com.au. Just click on the podcast button at the top of the homepage. So that's the show today. Thanks to Irk and Urson from Ray White, Erskineville and Surrey Hills, who you can trust to connect you with the right property for your family and your lifestyle. Thanks so much for listening and wherever you are, stay safe, look after each other and we'll catch you on the next episode of At Home with Lauren Keenan, your authority on home, lifestyle and interior design. 